Hey all, welcome to our podcast from OK to KO, following our journey from an OK life to a knockout life. Every Sunday after breakfast, we'll be sitting down and having a chat and publishing it as a podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Morning, Kira. Morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I think this is our, my favourite setting for the podcast we've ever had. It's really nice. It's really cool. It might not be, uh, it might not be amazing for sound quality, but um, yeah. No one listens anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we missed a week, yeah, but we basically. just caught it because it's Saturday. Exactly. And then we'll do one tomorrow because it's Sunday. I, we didn't even think. What were we doing last week? Uh, well, we had a pretty big night on uh, Saturday. We seen family. Well, it was, no, it was our anniversary, no? Yeah, we went to the theatre, which was lovely. I went to Southbank, which is amazing. Yeah. Which, when we first started uh, dating, we went to Southbank quite a lot. Yeah, it's and true. And it was like my favourite part of London. Yeah. And we haven't been for ages. And honestly, it exceeded the memory. It was so good. There was just so much energy on that street. Yeah. On that bank, sorry. It's definitely upgraded though. South Bank, it was much more lively than it ever used to be. No, it used to be lively before. But then it felt felt last week like there was stuff absolutely everywhere. I don't last think week it... it felt like, yeah, more. I agree with you. I think we have been before though and been like surprised. The thing which is great about South Bank, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's on the river, which is already mm. amazing. Um, well, it's the south bank of the River Thames. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it has the National Theatre, which is like probably the biggest theatre in London. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. The Royal Festival Hall next mm-hmm. to the National Theatre. And then on the other side of the National Theatre, the BFI. So it's already like lots of creativity. And Shakespeare's music. Globe. Shakespeare's Globe, you're right, further along around yeah. the, down South Bank, Shakespeare's Globe. So it's very much an artistic mm. area. But these, all these uh, theatres and uh, concert halls are a little bit back mm-hmm. from the bank. So this, this really wide pedestrianised area yeah. up until the river. And there's so many pop-up bars mm-hmm. and restaurants. And there was just loads of music. Yeah. There was this amazing jazz band playing at, um, outside the Royal Festival Hall. And then we walked up. Then there's a skate park, which has felt, feels like it's been empty for a little while. And True. it was just really busy. No, it was awesome. And uh, there was, there was some on. fire, fire, I think they call it poi, right? Yeah. But, uh, like fire artists uh, yeah. on the beach. It was really cool. And someone, loads of, also loads of individuals seem to be just bringing music. So you walk down and there's one wave of music and then you walk down and there's another wave of music. And... After we came out of the theatre, we were walking along and uh, there was salsa music playing and just oh, in yeah, the dark, wow. just like loads of people just dancing yeah. in the pedestrianised area to salsa. They were really good though, which is why I didn't want to join in, because I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> they were all really good. Yeah, but I don't think anyone was watching anyone. And no, it, you were cloaked by the darkness too. No, it was a really nice thing. Yeah, but, um, it was really, it was, felt really energised and maybe it felt more so because it's after lockdown, but it was really lovely. It was awesome. So yeah, so, and, and so explain, where, where are we now? Explain the, the view. Well, we're in Essex. Yeah. And we are sitting on, 
what do you call this? Like a platform. Platform on a pond. And it's quite still. We can hear water coming down. There's a big tree in the middle and there's just mm. lots of greenery surrounding us. It's very, very nice. Very, very chill. Yeah, you can't see the street from here. No. Occasionally you might hear a car or a train. Probably heard a train a minute ago, but yeah, so nice. And you can hear fish. Yeah, some fish and some ducks and some... Yeah. Loads of birds. Yeah. You can hear them. So how was your week? Um, oh my gosh. Time feels a little bit like it's fused in the last week. It's going to take me a second to think about that one. <laughs> it's probably because he didn't do the podcast last Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a mixed bag, I'd mm -hmm. say. Um, I'm still kind of like in the teething phase of, uh, you know, figuring out my sales process. Mm -hmm. It's still very, very clunky and it's, you know, not really working as well as I'd want it to. So that's a little bit, obviously it'd be amazing to be like, wow, that's just really clicked now, but it hasn't. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I've been thinking of, you know, another way to um, directly sell um, my membership to people, which yeah. I think is like, to be honest, should have been, feels like really obvious now. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited about that and getting that out there and hopefully it resonates with people and people want to join. <laughs> yeah, I think it will. It looks good. Yeah, how about you? Uh, well, we launched uh, our sort of front-end low-ticket product, which has been okay. We've got sales, which is good. Definitely need the sales to be cheaper <laughs> than they are now, but we've got a few, we've got an upsell and a, well, we've got a couple of upsells which are helping increase the average order value, um, which frankly is, is really, really useful because uh, it takes the pressure off the initial acquisition cost. Um, but it needs work, you know, it's uh, like everything. Nothing comes in and happens first time and is perfect, right? It needs work. Business is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically been the motto the last month, I reckon, of my life is just, this is really hard. And like, it's, it's going fairly well, like you say, but it's just hard. It's really hard stuff. Mm. So, um, You've got to have energy. I think, I feel like um, I need a break at some point, mm. like an actual full break, like mm. a week or so without thinking about stuff. Um, but maybe I'm just thinking that because it's August and everyone else is taking a break, you know? Mm. So trying to work out how um, I can fit that in. But overall, it's, um, you know, the macro picture is it's pretty good. Um, I just am impatient, you know, we're, fate, we're changing a lot of things at the moment. Um, and once I have a vision of what I want something to be, I kind of just want it to be like that now. That's true. Yeah, and it never, it never can be, especially if something's really good. The difference between having the idea and having it, making it a reality is, is a lot. That's everything. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, a, bit, a bit jaded with stuff, but overall pretty happy and um yeah we're looking pretty good i think so what we saw we were going to talk about products right i think we've covered it yeah <laughs> but i think i think when you're in the coaching industry i think when you're in the coaching industry product is the is it it's all about products like the more product you have i mean you look at all these massive industry these massive people who are really 
like crushing it in the coaching industry they release products like every month or so or every two months like new products because it's just new revenue all mm. the time slightly new angle slightly quite low price but um yeah and i think it's an important thing for us to be thinking about i mean you've got a couple of products already right yeah i'm just also thinking of the way in which you construct it and like package it i guess and what you put together and what's separate that's been something that i've been playing around with uh a little bit i'd say um some kind of finding the way that works best mm -hmm. makes the most sense because initially when you're starting out it's, you don't really have an idea of how to price things or you know it's you, you feel very much like you're just making it up yeah like choosing a number and you're trying to find rationale for it mm -hmm. but you you that is working that way you're trying to find rationale well i don't know it works both ways but you're not completely sure but the more you get a feel for yourself and what you're doing then uh as you go on you kind of have more of a a stronger feeling i think for how you want things to be placed yeah so it's been kind of like refiguring that um which has been interesting and hopefully will make more sense in the way that the offers are communicated to people mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i think it's interesting because it's like what we want i'd say you and i even though our businesses are quite similar back end I think ultimately what you and I want are quite different mm -hmm. with our programs. And for me, I want something that um, is long-term relationship with clients, like very much like a place to continue, continue, yeah, yeah, continue yeah. learning. So rather than a kind of this, is, and I have got products which are like, this is a one thing, but I've also got options to stay on longer. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because that's that's just like the vision I have. <laughs> that's what feels best to me. It's not really t to necessarily to do with um, what will make the best revenue, but I think what I think will best serve my uh, the actors basically. I think mm -hmm. that is what will best serve them, and so that's what I I want to create. Yeah, yeah. I thought I wanted that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that suits our it's market a at market. all. Our market. Our market, when you get to, until you get to, I would say, a business which is doing maybe half a million a year, so about 40-odd thousand a month, until you get to that stage, our market wants results and they want it in quite a short space of time. So for that reason, the membership model doesn't work so well. It works for a few, uh, for the select few that see it as a craft, Memberships, memberships are, membership programs are fantastic for uh, building and honing a craft. That's what they're for. Like mm. you connect because you're never finished. Mm -hmm. You're never like, okay, I'm, I'm great actor now. Yeah. Like you're always getting better, right? Yeah. Um, now, there are some agency owners that I know that see the art of being an agency owner as a craft because they're so confident in their ability to get results and, and do all this stuff. They just want to keep getting Finesse. better and better and better and better. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the people who are struggling to get results or the people who want to move faster, they don't see it as a craft. They see it as a financial result, which it is. It's a financial business. And so for them, membership sounds great 
for three months. And then they're thinking, well, I've kind of extracted everything I can out of this. And I kind of want to just crack on and just keep doing this and keep getting results. So then we get, we get hurt by the membership because people don't stick around as long. Even if they've got amazing results, they don't stick around as long because they Probably can't extract any more. more likely. Exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Which is crazy because you get punished for your own success. So it's become very clear. Oh, I don't know if it's more like, it depends which way you look at it, doesn't it? As a person getting the good results. Wow, I want more of this or, oh, I've learned everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there is a system which we can give people, which we do, which will improve their business and make them more money. So now, like, sorry, you go. there are other things you can add to it, but <laughs> once the system's working, it's working, right? And it's not like new business and sales is the only thing you have to worry about as an agency owner. My, my God, like, you've got to work out how to be the best in your craft. You've got mm -hmm. to work out how to be the best at delivering. So for us, clear, very, very clear to me now, we need to move away from that model to a uh, one-time fee, <clears throat> to um, selling programs um, and getting people in for a fixed cost and not then having to keep them every month and not persuading them to stay every month. That's, that's where we're at now. So yeah, and what that means then is we need to um, upgrade the content a little bit, uh, which we are doing massively, so that if people want to consume it bang in one month and they don't need to rely on coming to all our live sessions doing all the extra stuff they want to they can just go and consume it and they can implement it and they're gone right so yeah that's where we're at um and we're in the middle of that transformation that transition which is uh also quite scary because what's quite great about the membership is that you can make no sales one month and you know what you're going to make the month after right mm -hmm. so yeah this is how we have to go. And, and as a business owner, you've got to make these decisions and you have to commit to them 100%, even if you're only 73% sure it's going to work. Mm -hmm. In fact, even if you're only 51% sure it's going to work, you've just got to commit 100%, mm. give it everything and learn. Well, I feel a little bit like that with the decision I'm making of putting some of my ad revenue into a different yeah. way. Because I think initially when I mentioned that to you, you were like, why are you changing when you haven't got this one completely locked on? Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I wanted to do this because like, also, like you said, you're in charge of it. The person who's leading it, I'm in charge of my own business. Mm -hmm. And even if like, if I feel that's the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, you've got to go with it, yeah. Yeah, and I do feel it is. Um, mine's going in a different direction, mm. I guess, because I um, want to promote the membership more. Yeah, well yours is craft. Yeah. So mine isn't, uh, I, I guess, a quantitative result, would you say? I was trying to figure out if it's qualitative or quantitative. Yours I think is qualitative. Yours is quantitative, mm -hmm. yeah. Because and I think that's the difference of when you were speaking and thinking because the results that people want is quantitative and it yeah. can be measured in a number. But the thing is, you could, you could have a quantitative course as well. Yours could be actors, we're going to teach you how to get more parts, more auditions, more this, right? Then you turned your acting course into a quantitative, but you've been always so clear yeah. on the fact it's a craft thing. That's definitely, that would be a completely different program. Yeah. Like that would be about industry. That's a business program. Yeah. Which would, yeah, be quantitative because it's business. Mm -hmm. 
that would be the business side of acting. In the same way, that would be like saying to someone who's coaching agencies on how to make the best artwork that it could be, or the best... Definitely. Like, it's, yeah. it's the two different sides. There's an artistic side and a business side, right, to Absolutely. both of these things. Absolutely. And for your agency owners as well. So, yeah, my programme has never been about the um, that aspect mm -hmm. of the acting career. So it's just been been about exploring your craft and growing in your craft, yeah. and therefore that's why, like you're saying, the long term thing works. Whereas for you, I can just hearing you speak, then I, I get that if people are looking for a quantitative result, this is what I want. You don't want to be thinking, well, I'm working the rest of my life to achieve this quantitative result, or I have to take this program for the rest of my life to achieve this. Mm -hmm. I want to, wow, in three months I'm going to have that Definitely. quantitative result. Definitely. So that's exactly what. Uh we're working on is uh, that change. But it's interesting, I mean, like, you get into, like, um, coaching program theory, um, which is something you never even, like, considered was a thing before, like, diving into this industry. Is that a coined term? No, I don't think so. It's just, like, the best, you know, term I can think yeah, to Yeah, 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 no, I was just wondering it. if that is, like, a genre of books or something. I don't know, it probably is, yeah. Yeah, um... It all comes under sales. Honestly, like, I um, I know we were talking about the E-Myth uh, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago. And so I went through it and wrote up everything that it suggests to write up, basically. And it was really interesting for me because it made me realise that how many different jobs are involved in what I'm doing. Yeah, true. And therefore, like, how I need to spread my time more evenly between all of these different things. And I think much more now, like, yeah, I'm an acting coach, but I think I'm also, like, I think the bigger part of if I want to be really successful in this is to be the person running the acting coaching in a way. Not, I mean, not, like, just the individual classes, but, like, the whole business. And, I mean... From the get-go, I, I saw marketing was like a much bigger part of this than I anticipated when it would be before I'd started. I just thought, oh, cool, I'm going to coach people. Um, and in a way, I, I kind of felt guilty if I wasn't spending time coaching people. I thought, thought I was failing. Mm -hmm. But actually now I'm like, no, there's so much stuff to do around the actual thing. Like all the people who are taking your course, that's not what their actual job is. That actual yeah. job is producing results for other people, but they're taking a whole program just to get better at the sales so that their business survives. Definitely. And I think what the book pointed out to me, um, he calls it the difference between being a technician mm. and like the business owner. And uh, I was definitely, I think, in the technician's mindset when I started of like just doing the, the job role rather than having an overview of the whole business. So the sales part of it is definitely, um, it's flummoxing me at the minute. Yeah. It's definitely getting the better of me, but I'm um, just, you know, trying. <laughs> yeah. Trying different things, analyzing, not panicking. Uh, I don't think you can, because the thing is also like, we've, we've looked at stuff with Facebook ads before and courses and things. And I'd say the general consensus is, you need to have a bit of patience. Definitely. Like, because you can only change one thing at a time to see what works for you. You can't be like, oh, that's not working. Let's change everything. It, that's just not going to work, which I think is more how you are at the beginning because it's panic stations here, there and everywhere. <laughs> um, but it, it's just like, okay, 
change that but if you've already got appointments booked in we're not going to see the results of that change until like two weeks time and then if that's not working again you're going to, have to change something for another two weeks time yeah. so it is a game of patience and analysis i think yeah objectivity is a big one there like being able to look at the looking at something not working and and realize just look at it objectively and not take it as a reflection of you as a person that's a really big one yeah I think I used to do that really badly. I, I, I still have moments of it, but generally much better at it. But like, you know, if something's not going right, it's just because you haven't found the right way to do it yet. It doesn't mean you're a failure. But I think a lot of people who are starting the journey, they, they fall into that trap of thinking, you 100%. know, if this isn't working, it means I must be useless. Oh my gosh. It's because, um, I don't know if we've spoken about this on this podcast before, but I'd be surprised if we haven't. Mm. Um, the kind of fallacy of like what's your one true passion oh yeah, yeah and yeah. like what's your one true purpose in life which i know is meant to be empowering but i think it can be completely pressurizing mm. and <clears throat> it can give way to thoughts if something doesn't work out very quickly mm. that oh that's the wrong i'm barking up the wrong tree i'm doing the wrong thing it's not, it's not meant to be so you run to something else and you're not giving any of these things time to really like connect with you time to really grow and then you end up thinking, oh my gosh, what is my purpose? I don't know, I'm not good at anything. Mm. Um, because it's this feeling of like, yeah, if it's not working straight away, leave it. Yeah. And I think we both feel now that, well, no, it's not gonna work straight away. It's the faith and the dedication and belief and commitment that it will at some point that makes it work because you have to put in all that hard work without a guarantee of it necessarily coming off. Yeah, definitely. Which is why getting a coach is a good idea, by the way. <laughs> because they can give you systems and processes which they know work. Mm -hmm. And they've failed and tried and done all the testing for you. Yeah. But, yeah. And having guidance as well. And Yeah. I think watching sports has been, this summer, has been really inspiring because you see so many athletes who absolutely dedicate their time, their diet, their, their, their like fitness, hours to working on a specific discipline and they all want to, you know, win mm. or get the top medal and they still give it their absolute everything. Yeah. Even though like that is so hard if you were like all oh, the chance, you know, you think of business, all oh, the chances of this business working. If you did that for sports, True. would anyone have a go? No, I mean, especially like, you know, in football, for example, uh, in the English Premier League, you've got team, every week you've got team really not that good teams playing really good teams, and often the really not good teams win. Mm -hmm. And if they turned up and thought, well, no point in even trying, they wouldn't. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing. I think watching there's that, a amazing. lot of lessons to be learned from watching sport, actually, of people working their absolute hardest, trying their absolute best without a guarantee of what the result will be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I would say any plans or things for the week, but I'm gonna we're gonna do another podcast tomorrow because it's Sunday tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but hopefully we're back on track now. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I guess we're just trying to both of us, um, like we were talking about products, have as many as we can that we think are of value to people. And what's the word? You when you spread out diversify yeah 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 exactly exactly 
Um, and another exciting thing that maybe we can uh, look at today as well is we hopefully have some trips coming up. Going places mm. would be nice. Mm. I'm looking forward to getting back on a plane again. I just hope it's not a Ryanair plane. I feel like it might be. <laughs> Why? Because they're so cheap. <laughs> That's the problem. They're so bad, but they're so cheap that you look at it and you go, I can't ignore that. Like, mm. I can't not buy that that plane ticket. Mm. It's so cheap. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah. Well, any final thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I've chatted a lot. Cool. Good. Well, chat to you tomorrow then. See ya. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week.